session with Dr. Farid Hulak. Good evening and welcome to In Session with Dr. Fadi Tolakwi. I'm your host, Dr. Fadi Tolakwi, and I'll be with you for the next hour here on Radio Hamra. Studio number to call in, 310-441-0555. But if you do call in, I ask that all questions be directed towards my guest tonight, who is the author of the book of the week for this past week, Divine Balance, and that is Dr. Mitra Avari. I'm very happy to have her on the show to talk about her book, and listeners to the show will know that almost all the books I've talked about um, for the books of the week have been nonfiction books. And this is actually only the second fiction book, though the one was by Leo Tolstoy. So um, Dr. Avari is in good company. Uh, but this book, although it's fiction and we can say it's about a story, there are so many lessons in it, especially psychological lessons related to things like love relationships, friendship, self-care, and this key issue, the title of the book, uh, Divine Balance, Finding Balance, which this theme runs throughout the book, which was really incredible. But of course, uh, I really enjoyed the book and I could talk about it a lot, but we want to make sure the author gets to share her uh, thoughts on it. But before I bring her on, let me introduce you to her. Dr. Mitra Avari was born in Iran, where she received her master's degree in clinical psychology and worked as a private practitioner. After the revolution in Iran, she immigrated to the United States with her husband and two daughters, where she obtained her master's degree in school psychology. Dr. Avari worked for the Los Angeles Unified School District for 23 years and retired in 2015. In 2014, she had obtained her doctoral degree in psychology, marriage and family therapy, and currently works as a private practitioner in Beverly Hills, California. She is working on publishing an activity book for children and preparing her Farsi poetry for publication and her office is in Beverly Hills, and if you'd like to get in contact with her, the number is 310-388-7229. Dr. Amita Avari, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you, and I, like I said, I really enjoyed um, this book. I was talking to you before the show, and uh, I really sometimes couldn't put it down because I needed to know what happens next. It's very thrilling and keeps your attention in that way. But like I said, I, I think the listeners would love to hear um, your thoughts about the book. So tell us a little bit about the book from your perspective. Sure. First, I want to say hi to your listeners and thank you for giving me that this opportunity to talk about my book. Uh, Divine Balance is about uh, transforming, becoming, connecting to self, and eventually finding balance and inner peace. That's the theme, the main theme of the book. Mm -hmm. uh, in this book, my main character, who is a very calculated, simple woman, unexpectedly, with a simple touch, uh, loses her balance. Mm -hmm. And she transforms, uh, and this transformation throws her out of balance. Now she has to understand a whole new way of being, and she has to find her place in this new world by holding to her values and 
learn about a deeper meaning of who she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as you mentioned, and the title of the book, Divine Balance, and that theme of balance, it, it goes throughout the book, uh, and we talked about this also before we started, but this idea that balance isn't something that you achieve and it's done. We're constantly, maybe you achieve some level of balance, but we're going to be thrown off and have to refine it again and in different ways and maybe realize we were out of balance when we thought we were in balance. So it's a constant life journey or journey we take throughout our life. And you get to see Star, who is the, the main character of this book, and all the different ways that she achieves balance, thinks she has it, loses it again, gets it back. Uh, and I think that's really a, an interesting journey that you get to go on with her that I think each individual, we have to realize we're going on that ourselves, Absolutely. even if we're not aware of that. Yes, balance is not static, it's mm-hmm. dynamic. Mm-hmm. It means that it changes all the time, and it should change. And something that is balanced for me, it might not be balanced for someone else. Right. So everyone has his or her own balance that we cannot achieve it on unless we connect to our true self. Mm-hmm. So before talking a balance, we have to find our true self. What am I? What do I want? What are my values? Right. So this is all the struggles that the main character will go through it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's true. It happens to all of us. Uh, sometimes we think we are in the perfect control of life, and but in a minute, something external or something internal mm-hmm. throws us off balance. Right, yeah, and that and, happens to her so many times right. throughout the book, and she keeps saying, okay, this last thing, and then I'll have balance. Exactly. This last thing, and I'll have balance. And but, yeah, we yeah. always do that. We mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm going to take care of this. This would be the last, but then life throws us something new, or right. even it can be internal factor that... Uh, takes us off, off balance. Right, yeah. Right? Um, you know, I thought it was interesting you mentioned uh, balance and star. We see her through this journey. And really one of the first ways um, we see her balance is between the heart and the head. Or you might say the right. rational mind or the emotional mind. Right. And sometimes people like to say, well, what's better? Or sometimes people will think, I'm stronger or more superior because I'm rational. I don't do anything with emotion. Mm-hmm. But as we see in the book, we see that Emotion, of course, has great value, and to be in actual balance, we have to be able to balance these two aspects of ourselves, the rational and the emotional. Absolutely, and it's not about I pick one over the other right. one. It's about how much of this works for me mm-hmm. at this time and how much of the other one works for me at this time. Mm-hmm. And that's a challenge that we are going to be facing all the time, and right. I hope through the struggles of the star, the main character of the book, I would be able to provide the reader with some evaluating their values Mm -hmm. and be able to revisit these opposites in their lives. And I want to give you some examples of these opposites in Mm -hmm. life. The main thing in life is we all need to know how much to hold in and how much to let go. And I think this is the main key in mental health. How much should I hold in and how much I have to let go? Right. Another opposite notion is how much to love self and how much to yes. love others. Mm-hmm. And I have seen this particularly in women, and especially women in traditional 
culture mm-hmm. because from the time that they are a child, they, they have been told that you are the mom. And for them, that means that I don't have any self. I have to keep giving. I don't have any place. I don't matter. And other people are always in front of me. Yeah. And that is causing a lot of uh, difficulty for women because they haven't learned self-care. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, both of those, you know, the how much to hold in, how much to hold out, and the loving yourself, loving others. And this is where life, I think one of the hardest things in life is finding balance because people want easy answers. Do I always do this or always do that? Right. And the answer is there isn't an always, you know. Exactly. Sometimes you hold things in because it might not be the right moment. You know, people always think, well, we're encouraging being open and talking about things. Absolutely. And of course, I think as two psychologists, we're all about that. But at the same time, you could open up too much too fast and that's not healthy either. And so there is a balance we have to find. And especially the self-care. I think that's one, especially women, even more, but all people, what do you do? Do you take care of others or do you take care of yourself? And how do you do both and find that right balance where am I being selfish or am I being too selfless and neglecting myself and sacrificing myself? Absolutely. And we see Star definitely struggling with that aspect a lot throughout this book of what does loving myself and self-care mean and what does it mean to be selfless to others? And actually, interestingly, you mentioned how uh, especially traditional women get that those messages because you see how a lot of times Star gets so much positive feedback and reinforcement for maybe giving too much of herself. Exactly. And I think yeah. that's interesting. Reinforces. Yeah. And that yeah. says, oh, see, I'm doing the right thing, but right. we might not recognize the ways that we're hurting ourselves or neglecting ourselves. And I think that was an interesting theme that I saw throughout the book that she would do these incredibly generous things. And sometimes it's not always clear was it all, was it good or was it maybe too much? And she was extending herself too much and hurting herself. It wasn't always clear. True. And what happens, you pay a price for it. Right. If you keep ignoring yourself, you don't listen to yourself. What happens, you lose your connection with yourself, with your inner self. Mm-hmm. So that connection makes you not to be tuned to your feelings. Right. And that causes anxiety mm-hmm. in my office. That's how I, I explain about anxiety. It, anxiety is telling you what about me yes because we all have needs we all need validation we all need to be pampered and sometimes to be taken care of and when we don't get it we don't pay attention to it and we put ourselves on hold Mm -hmm. that self that is on hold someday will will yell at you goes to depression goes to anxiety, goes to body pain. Mm-hmm. Or anger. Or anger, mm-hmm. absolutely. Right, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's and that's the what you see in a lot of people is they give and they give, and if you ask them, they say, oh, I, I love to give, it feels so good to give, mm-hmm. and maybe it does, but when it's when it's missing something, that's when you realize the resentment is building up exactly. within them. Exactly. And one so, day they might blow up because absolutely. they'll even say, I've been doing this all this time, but if you ask them back then, they say, no, I love to do this, but they're mm-hmm. not in tune, as you said, with themselves to see actually... You know, I don't like some of this, or maybe I like giving this much, but not all that much that I'm giving you and not getting anything back. Right. And that resentment uh, does seem, can build. And I think you yeah. see that in Star where there are these pl- these times where a lot of emotion comes out or anger comes out that likely is built up 
resentment because of you know what she is um, experiencing. Absolutely. And I think that that was uh, you know really interesting. But you were talking about different. Uh, I things wanted, in the yeah, book. yeah, about the other some. I, I want to give you some other examples sure. of uh, balance of mm-hmm. opposites. We talked about let go and hold in. We talk about life, uh, loving self and loving others. I want to talk about virtue and lust, mm-hmm. material and spiritual, and also tradition and change, and mm. especially tradition and change for immigrant generation, that their tradition has always been dictating their life, mm. but now there is change. How much should I hold on to this tradition? How much should I change? And it's always a struggle. Yeah. And we talk about loving by brain and loving by heart, which I will talk about it later. Assertiveness and consideration, mm-hmm. two opposites. And another one, individuation and connection. How much do I hold on to my individuality? How much do I give to connect? How much do I want to connect? Mm-hmm. How do I connect? These are all opposites that we have to learn uh, to balance. Yeah. And as I said, which is very important, we can never find this balance unless we connect to our true self. Right. I think that's very important. That, And we're going to uh, take a commercial break in a minute, but I think that's so key because it goes back to something you mentioned near the top of the show, that we can't describe or define someone else's balance. We have to find it for ourselves. And so if we're not in touch, attuned, and don't have that self-knowledge and awareness, it's virtually going to be impossible to to find that balance because we won't know what it is for us that feels right and doesn't feel right. And so that exploration within is so significant. And that's another thing you uh, see in Star's experience in this book, that she does learn more and more about herself through these various experiences and loves that she has, she learns more and more about herself. But it's going to get harder. Yes. I'm going to tell you how when we come back. (laughs) Okay. Something to look forward to, how it's going to get harder to figure out that balance. But it is true. It's going to be an ongoing process. And when we're talking about balance, this book uh, talks a lot about that. And it's right in the title, Divine Balance by Dr. Dr. Mitra Avari. And I'm here with the author. And so after the break, We'll talk some more. If you have any questions for her, feel free to call in 310-441-0555. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Delaqui. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Joining me tonight is psychologist and author, Dr. Mitra Avari. We're talking about her book, Divine Balance. And before the break, you gave the listeners something that might sound discouraging, but I think you'll explain more what you <laughs> meant about how uh, it can get more difficult um, finding that balance, balance, especially when it comes to values. But yes, right. go ahead. Uh, so as we talk, it's a struggle for some people to find a balance. Mm-hmm. But uh, imagine that you want to hold, you want to find that balance, but you want to hold to your values. Mm-hmm. I always say to my clients that imagine that you're walking on a rope. In order to stay on the rope and not to fall down, you have to have a balance. Mm -hmm. Balance between right and balance between right, uh, left, (laughs) the two opposites. But now we're going to put a big backpack on your back and ask you to stay on the rope. (laughs) It's much harder. And that's what the main character goes through. She has a belief that uh, love prevails. 
life is beautiful. Mm. And she wants to hold on to that. And with all the adversaries and all the miseries in her life, she does not want to lose that. She doesn't want to turn to a bitter person, to an angry person. Mm -hmm. She wants to hold on to that. And that's another internal struggle with her. Right. So not only she has to fight with all these external factors, this internally is very hard for her, but she believes in it and she, do, she doesn't want to lose it. Yes, and you see that, and of course, um, even if she sees the beauty in life and believes love will prevail, you see her get upset and go through all sorts of things, but she comes back to, in a way, that's her center, like her values bring her back, they anchor her in a way, and she comes back and people always mention, you, you always see the beauty in things or the good in things, or, and she creates so many beautiful moments out of things that might seem everyday or small, right. and I think that's a wonderful lesson that you see throughout the book, that either small gestures or small things or small maybe even a token of appreciation can be take such a significant role when you add the love to it or you add that perspective and you see that happen throughout the book so many sentimental moments that maybe people have experienced in their life but because they didn't really view it in that right. with that lens of love right. and that lens of what it could mean and the depth of it right. uh, we miss sometimes and you see that stars constantly bringing that out the beauty of life itself right. and that's what really shields her mm -hmm. from losing her trust in life mm -hmm. to giving up because so many times she can give up but she yeah. will not she does not give up and she doesn't want to be a bitter person it's easy to become angry to be resentful mm -hmm. but she doesn't want that and she has to, to fight this too so this is another new struggle for her right that yeah. she want to keep walk on the rope but holding to that backpack yeah. or whatever the value that she... Yeah, and you know, I, the, I can see what you're saying about them weighing you down in a way or adding a, a, another element to balance. But they also, as we see with Star, I think they bring, like I was saying, kind of bring her back. So they also kind of, the backpack sometimes almost brings you back to center in some ways too because right. we see with her that at times she almost seems like she's losing hope or wants to give up. But something, and I think it is those internal values, bring her back and bring her back together and then almost help her, I think, achieve her balance again. So I think I think people finding their values um, in the end will help them achieve balance because it gives you that center that, you know, you know yeah. in a way it gives you a roadmap also of okay, exactly. where I want to go or where I don't want to right. go. It's a tool. Helps. It's like yeah. their tool of... Because life is full of these adversaries. Mm -hmm. Life is full of like miseries at some point for some people. But it's how they learn to deal with them. And where yeah. do they see themselves in regard of these adver adversaries? How they interpret it. So it all depends. That's the tool. For, for Star, the main character, that value was her tool. Right. Roadmap, as yeah. you said. Yeah, and I think you, you see that, that she kind of always will find the beauty or see something, you know, good that she can do. Now, I'll, I'll share my own experience. I felt a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings connected to parts of myself or my own life mm -hmm. or people or clients or friends, family, because there's so many things that happen uh, in this book. Uh, and because of that, I felt a lot of emotions, and I know we talked about this, mm. but that you understand that the reader can have a lot of feelings come Absolutely. up as they read this right. book. And uh, that is a very good point. 
Uh, and I hope so. That mm-hmm. was my mm-hmm. hope that uh, the book, it will trigger a wide range of emotions in the reader. Mm-hmm. But it does not leave the reader to figure out their emotions by themselves. I don't like that. I think that's not healthy. When you bring up emotions, you need to work with it, to do what to do with it. So uh, the book also does not provide you with a list of do's and don't do's and guidelines, do this, do this. It's not that because we all know those things are not working. What happens that uh, through the main character and experiencing a love, very spiritual love that we call it a neo-platonic love, and I will explain later, Mm -hmm. through this love she learns how to process her emotions. So my hope is that uh, the reader, by reading this and seeing how this character sort out her emotions, be able to sort out her, their emotions, uh, they be able to process their feelings, understand their feelings and their thoughts. And I can give you another example. Sure. I always tell my clients that imagine that your mind is a closet and you open the closet door and you throw things, dumb things, whatever you have in that closet. For example, your books, your um, shirts, your socks, your shoes, your uh, electronic uh, gears. And one day you say, oh, I need my blue shirt. And you go open the closet door, everything is like crumpled, right? And it's hard to find that shirt. And even if you find it, it's not in a good shape. What I hope this book does is we're going to bring all the emotions out of whatever is in that closet. We're going to bring it out, lay it on the floor, and then put it back, but in the right place. Mm -hmm. So we're going to say, okay, the shoes are going to go in the shoe rack. The boots are going to go on the right. The shirt, I'm going to hang here. So next time, when you need your blue shirt, you just need to open the closet and take your blue shirt. It's mm-hmm. easier. It's manageable. It doesn't need a lot of energy. And the shirt is in good shape. Mm-hmm. So that's my hope that this book can help the reader access their emotions. Yeah. Sort their emotion, understand their emotion, process it. Yeah, and I think that's a, you know, the closet and the mind analogy, the way you described it also makes me think of memories too in that same way because sometimes people in therapy, they'll say, well, why should I talk about, you know, my childhood that was painful? We can't change the past and we can never change what's happened, but we can definitely change the way we feel and experience it now. We can't change the events, but we can you know, reorganize it or maybe take out the wrinkles or hang it in a different way or make it more accessible or easily accessible that can change how you feel about it now. We'll never change what has happened, yeah. but we can change how we feel by processing it and, exactly. and looking at it. And I think, you know, again, this book will, I think, likely touch on a lot of different points in people's life or experiences they maybe have had that will be good for them to look at and maybe think about um, and process. And actually related to that, you um, have come up with an idea of doing something like a book club right. about this book. Exactly. I'm thinking about since it's going to like trigger mm-hmm. uh, a wide range of, range of emotions, and it's good to have a book club 
so people sit together and I'm going to be there. We all talk about it and we help each other process this feeling and label it, understand it and hang it where it should be, uh -huh. should be placed. So I'm thinking about that. Yeah. If anybody is interested. Sure. Yeah. Well, again, I'll give your office number 310-388-7229. Um, and I know you're kind of in the process of creating and starting that group so people can call you and, and ask you about that. And I think that is great because I think it's good to do book clubs. Obviously, I do my books of the week so people read the books and talk about the books and think about them. Um, but also, this, even though this is fiction, so what people might think, well, what can I learn from it? There's so many things that are happening that I think would be very good for a book club type meeting, especially facilitated by a psychologist like yourself to allow people to process because maybe some emotions will come up. But I think people can gain a lot and learn a lot through the book um, about themselves and life and love and obviously finding their own balance. So I hope people will reach out to you. And I think that will be a great idea to have uh, that book club. Thank you know, you. something we brought up before that I thought might be interesting to bring back is when you're talking about finding balance, but first in a way finding yourself or knowing yourself right um do you want to can you maybe talk a bit about that mm, my experience is in my private practice uh i can say maybe 80 percent of clients they're not they're not connected to their inner mm -hmm, self mm -hmm. they really have never listened to their inner self Many of them have numbed their self, mm -hmm. themselves. Why? For a variety of reasons. I mean, it comes from many, it may be a childhood, they were living with a very critical caregiver, mm -hmm. and or maybe they were living with a caregiver that wasn't able to manage his or her uh, own em emotion. Then the child learned that, okay, let me don't say anything, let mm -hmm. me not feel. So they numb themselves right. and they disconnected from themselves. It's not about me, it's not about uh, how I feel. And now when they are in a relationship, they don't take themselves to that relationship, right? Because right? mm -hmm. they're not connected. Mm -hmm. So it's a very, very important Absolutely. to connect to yourself and Actually, it's interesting you brought it up because uh, I want to talk about it through different kind of love because uh, there is a way that that we can make this connection, mm -hmm. even if you are not accessing your uh, emotions, if you have numbed yourself or you have put yourself on hold or because of making other people happy, you have wore many different masks, which most of us do, mm -hmm. because we want to please others, we want to make other people happy, we wear different masks, and in the process, we lose ourselves. You're right, right, absolutely. So, this is what I really do in my private practice. I always, when client doesn't have access to their emotions, I always tell, listen to your body, our body has memory. We thought that memory was only in brain, but now we know that every cell of our body has memory. And will talk to us. 
at least we start by listening to body. Listen mm-hmm. to your body. Your body talks to you. Mm-hmm. Your pain in the neck, back pain, knee pain, uh, anxiety, all of this. It's talking to you. It's, it's right. telling to you that, okay, how about me? How about me? Mm-hmm. You know, that me needs... Expression the, or yeah, needs, uh, exactly. recognition. Yeah, I think it, it, the lack of connection, and it's so interesting because I think it's one of those things people don't realize that they're not connected because right. they're living their life, they're experiencing their life, so they think, well, I know what's happening for me, but they don't realize how disconnected they are. And so often in therapy, you know, I'll ask someone, how do you feel or how did that make you feel? And they'll say, I don't know. And it's so puzzling because they're like, I'm in my own head, I'm me, but I don't know what I'm feeling or I have, no, I don't have access to that. And it's surprising to them, but it is such a common experience because people are so often disconnected from themselves. And a big part of, you know, I, I, sometimes people come into therapy and they say, okay, I'm going to come in here and get rid of my anger or get rid of this and get rid of it. I say, you know, a big part of actually therapy is we're going to integrate everything and make you actually aware of everything you're feeling more than just erasing feelings. Because one, that's not possible. And two, it's not even healthy. It is Absolutely. erase all of your anger, erase right. all of your sadness. You need those emotions. But people don't recognize and kind of going back to balance, it's more about integrating your whole self and being aware of everything rather than taking, getting rid of right. parts of who you are. And connected to a degree that you can enjoy. I've, I've seen people that they don't have the ability to enjoy. Yeah. Like nothing makes me happy. And after we work and they learn to not, I work, but generally after therapy, when they connect to themselves, they come back and say, you know what? Even apple tastes different. Mm-hmm. You know what? I went to a party and I really enjoyed for the nothing has changed. Apple right. is apple and the parties are the parties that it just this person has let himself or herself to feel, to right. enjoy mm-hmm. and to taste. And to actually experience it. To feel experience. what they're feeling. Exactly. Rather than and numbing or getting di- absolutely. distracting themselves in some but way. But the reasons underneath that they numb right. themselves or they wear masks or whatever it's the reason mm-hmm. needs to be addressed. Absolutely, right. Needs to be addressed. And when they connect, it's such a beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. so many people find creativity, find, oh, I didn't know I can write. Oh, you know what? I've started to do painting. It just, they save so much energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of second guessing themselves, instead of fighting with it. They grow. They it's it's the potential. It's there. They right. get fulfilled, and all happens if you be able to know your true self, to connect and let it come. Right. When it comes out, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's powerful. Absolutely, I, I agree with that, one hundred percent. And I've talked about this before that you know people put on these masks, but they don't realize that what's underneath is much more beautiful than any mask they can it try is. to put and cover themselves with. And if they get access to that and let that out, it's going to be something much more beautiful than, than anything they could try to pretend to be. So we're all, uh, if we find that divine balance within ourselves and let it out, it's going to be something much more magnificent than anything we should we can try to become. But after the break, maybe you can talk about those different types of love, love. that you mentioned and, and some more things. Again, I'm joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Mitra Avari, her book, Divine Balance, is what we're talking about tonight. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Delaqui. We'll be right back. 
back. Again, I'm joined by the author of Divine Balance, Dr. Mitra Avari. We're um, talking about the book, and it brings up so many different issues, and I know you wanted to talk about love. And throughout the book, there are so many um there's many romantic relationships with just many types of loving relationships, mm-hmm. which I thought was, was beautiful. Uh, that there's, you know, friendships or unexpected friendships sometimes that you wouldn't think two people would get close or have such an impact in each other's lives. But then uh, it happens that I think it does show that we can play a meaningful part in many people's lives if we just take the time to really understand them and see them. And that's right. actually, I think, mm-hmm. a great quality that Star has throughout the book is that you can see she kind of sees to people's inner core and seeing what they genuinely need or what's going on right. for them in a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, she kind of goes through that process with herself too. But I know you've mentioned a few times throughout the show, so I wanted to give you a chance to talk about the different types of love sure. that you wanted to mention. Sure. Uh, there are two or maybe t- uh, three, but I want to talk about two different loves that uh, at least star experiences. One is a very spiritual love. This is a love that is a very strong connection between people, and it's like a force that can be used to bind everything together. Hmm. This love happens in a moment, and it goes to he- its utmost at the moment. It doesn't develop gradually. It's a moment and goes to the highest level. And it's a very spiritual love. The other love is a love that develops gradually. You think about it. You work on it. And it takes time to go to the highest or utmost. It may not even go. (laughs) What I did in this book, I didn't take sight. I want to leave that to the reader. That's the only thing I said. Let them decide. This mm-hmm. is very personal experience. Which one they want? Which one works for them? How do they love? Sometimes it might be a balance. A part of this, a part of that. Again, this is another balance. Mm-hmm. But I left that with the reader to decide and i think but, you mentioned mm-hmm. that that's a I, I think something throughout the book that you mentioned there's not these like shoulds and shouldn'ts and right. judging and you you know that right. is not something you see but a lot of issues are brought up and it's left to the reader to kind of decide what they think is right or right for them as we said before the divine balance comes within each person to find their own balance so yeah i think you present there's several uh romantic relationships throughout the book with different people um but you don't say this is the right love or this is the best love or this is the true love or the only love. You give, you show different aspects of the love. It's not all good. It's not all bad. Right. And I think that's something interesting that I think sometimes people, when we read a love story, we want to hear about the perfect love story where there's nothing bad that happens Absolutely. happily ever after. Everything works out perfectly. But we know life does not work like that and it's not realistic to expect that kind of love. And I think you do a good job of showing the different aspects of a, a loving relationship that there's some beautiful moments and there can be some very painful moments as right. well. And, and you have to work on it. Yes. Like it's not something that that's it mm-hmm. all the time. You have to work on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something I want to add is that uh, in spiritual love, body is still important. Physical Pleasure is also important. I mm-hmm. want to bring that on uh, attention because sometimes people think 
spiritual means that, oh, there is no pleasure or there is no body. But body plays a very important role in spiritual love or what I said, uh, neoplatonic love. Mm -hmm. And in that kind of love, human body is used as a mirror. It's a mirror of physical experience between two people. Body is a mirror of emotions. Mm. And that's why in the book, I'll talk about mirrors. A star goes to the mirror, look at her image, and mirror talks to her. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is body is important, and body is like a mirror that shows emotion. And as, as I said before, if you are not having access to your uh, feelings, listen to your body. Mm -hmm. The body does express things that we sometimes are having a hard time recognizing exactly. ourselves. And that mirror theme is another interesting one that runs throughout the book that you see Star going up to a mirror and sometimes she can't even see herself. Exactly. Sometimes she hates what she sees. Exactly. Sometimes she loves what she sees. Right. Sometimes she sees different aspects of herself that maybe right. she was not aware of exactly. before. But I think that's an interesting metaphor that runs throughout the book right. of her and her journey that she's going through of seeing herself, not seeing herself, seeing herself, but loving it, seeing it and not loving it. And, and that's an interesting theme um, that, that was going throughout this book. And it's true with our clients, mm -hmm. the one who are not connected. Ask, I ask them, when you look at in the mirror, what do you see? Sometimes they have to pop. Oh, I look, but I don't see. Yeah. And that's true. They mm -hmm. really don't see. And when they connect, you ask them, go look at the mirror. And what do you see? Oh, I can see myself. Right. And they can see that is the reflection of their emotions that mm -hmm. they see. Yeah. So that body is very important mm -hmm. and listening to body is very important. Yeah, it's interesting because when you're saying that, I even myself, I've realized that I've tried to pay attention to this. But most people, when they look in the mirror, they don't look in their own eyes. Almost never. They right. Kind of, they exactly. might look at themselves to make sure their appearance, you know, maybe they check themselves out or if they're getting right. ready, make sure everything's in the right place as far as their clothing or hair. But very rarely does someone actually look at themselves. Look at themselves. And try to see themselves. And again, it's I think this assumption we have that, well, I'm me, I know me. But it's not no. just because you are you, you no. know you. You have to go through that process. Exactly. And yeah. when you connect to self, I bet you when you look at in the mirror, you see. You see yourself. Yeah. You see your emotions. You see. And that's what in the book I talk about mirror a lot. Yeah, that it's theme everywhere. I think was an interesting one to see mm. when different things were happening in her life or when she accessed different parts of herself. Right. That she would see different things right. in the mirror. I think that was very interesting analogy or, or metaphor that went throughout the book you know what i also wanted to mention because um i know you as a psychologist and then you told me you know about this this wonderful book that you had written and i think i really admired and was inspired by the fact that you made your vision or this goal you had uh, a reality in writing this book mm -hmm. and I, I don't know if you're open to talking about your own experience of sure. writing the book not the details of publishing and all that which I, I know were very complicated and difficult but of just making that you know whether you want to call it a dream or that idea into a reality and what mm -hmm. that process was like for you for me was I didn't think about what would be the beginning what would be the ending? Mm -hmm. It just was about writing. Mm. So what helped me was I had a notebook and a pen by my bed. 
because there are times that things come to your mind. Mm -hmm. If you don't write them, yeah. they, you lose them. Mm -hmm. So maybe sometimes at the middle of the night, I had to get up and write. A few times I didn't, and I lost the idea. So what I think is the best way is for people to have a notebook and pen by their bed mm -hmm. or a tablet, whatever these days <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people use, uh -huh. and or in your bag or in your pocket. Whenever you feel that you have something to say, don't stop yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't think about it. What does it mean? Is it ending? Is it just keep writing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had that experience myself many times. I'm trying to fall asleep and then an idea comes to my mind and I'll put it into my phone, and then the next day I'll look at it, and that week I'll talk about it on my show because right. there's some kind of idea. Those moments of inspiration, you can't always predict when they're exactly. going to come. And like you said, you can very easily lose it if you don't write it down. You will. I have lost yeah. so many. Sure, me too. me too. Like even if you are in the middle of a party, people, <laughs> doesn't matter. When you get some idea, you get some feeling. Yeah. Welcome that feeling. Let it develop. Let it grow. It will grow. So excuse yourself. Go and start writing. Doesn't matter what people think. Doesn't matter. Just keep writing, writing, writing. And someday when you have some writings, then you read them and you decide, wow, this seems like to be a good beginning. Let me do that. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, this is good. This, then you will find the rest. You might change it hundred times change, find another beginning. But that's how you have to let yourself to believe. Mm -hmm. You have to let it grow. You have to welcome it. Mm -hmm. When it comes, like, say, thank you for coming. <laughs> I love you. I will take note of you. Not that, okay, I'll do it later. Or so what? Or then it'll go away. Mm -hmm. Because it's you. It's in you. You just have to let it come out. Yeah, and and you have to let the process start. As you said, it's probably not going to be a finished, it's almost never going to be a finished product when that just moment of inspiration comes. Right. But that could be the process that you write it down and then you keep adding to it or keep thinking about it and different elements get added to it and, and you get there. And I think, yeah, I myself have, had that experience a hundred times where I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, like I'll think about it later. And then I forget, what was that thing I thought about no, yesterday? It, it's gone. No. So, yeah, I think I, I usually put things in my now phones. It's very easy. Right. I just type in the idea into my phone and somebody's, you know, hold and on to it. And these days with computer, yeah. uh, you can cut, paste, you can move <laughs> things around. You know, it's easy. Oh, yeah. this likes good, good beginning. You put it at the beginning. You don't like it. You cut another part you put later. Mm -hmm. But the main point is that to welcome that yes. feelings, not to push it down. You push it down, it will go away. Mm -hmm. Welcome it, keep writing, keep writing it, and welcome it. Yeah, That's let, all let, I can it, say. yeah <laughs> let it happen. And I think it's, you know, and for some people, I think whatever their ideas are, it's good to write them down. But for other people, I also think the part of just that you wrote a book, for someone else it might not be a book, it might be, painting or it might be something else that they want to do right. but they've held themselves back from letting themselves do it and i thought that was also very admirable and inspirational to me Thank that you 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 know you wrote this book and you because you know you really felt you had something to share and i think absolutely it's clear you 
do based on, you know, after reading it. But I even for myself can recognize there's sometimes I have an idea of should I, I want to do this or I want to try that, but I don't want to take the risk or if it's fear of failure or if it's, you know, what will people say or whatever the reasons are that right. we stop ourselves. Exactly. And that's why I also think it's important, whatever, you know, whoever's listening, whatever your idea or project that you've always had in your mind, you can make it a reality, but you have to take that first step and then go through that process. And that's what I, you know, I think is great for people to recognize that you had an idea in your head, but then you turned into a exactly. book that I'm actually holding now in my hands. Yeah, and it's and a process. Absolutely, right. It takes time and it takes frustration, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. We meet some standards if you don't like it, and then we move to something higher right. or it doesn't matter. Again, we lose our balance, we fall, but we hold on. And then we hold on, we pull higher. Mm-hmm. So we will land higher. Exactly the same thing with this book. You, with, with writing, you get frustrated, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Stay on it and don't even think what is the beginning. Because I remember at school they used to give us to write composition. How should I start? Mm-hmm. Don't think about what is the beginning, what's the end. Just welcome. Welcome that in you. It's in you. Love it. And, and let it out, release it. Yeah, I ah, remember that same it. feeling in writing papers in graduate school that I'd sometimes get so caught up on the first sentence right. that I couldn't start. And then I would just start in the middle and then kind of just everything else would kind of you're, fall into place. But if I got absolutely. so obsessed with first sentence, I couldn't even get started. So I think you're right. There's so many ways, and I wish we had more time. We do have to wrap up that we get in our own way of letting things out, of releasing you know, the gifts that we have within ourselves, the ideas, the art that we might have. And... I hope people listening, and even I'll try to keep this in mind, won't hold back so much and will let will let themselves sure. express what's of within course. themselves. And I'm That's so happy that you expressed what was within you in oh, writing this you. book, Divine Balance by Dr. Mitra Avari. I hope uh, if you haven't already ordered it, you can get it on Amazon uh, and you'll read the book and let me know what you think. You wanted to maybe say I have final to word. say one thing that I I. Highly recommend that uh, the listeners, if they decide to read the book, mm-hmm. read about the painting that is the right. cover of the book. The painting is Primavera mm-hmm. by Italian Renaissance painter. And read it because it's amazing how much similarities is between right. the painting and the book. But I wrote the, I had written the book before you saw the before painting. Before I saw the book. Right, yeah, the painting Primavera by uh, Sandro Botticelli. And you right. s- I wish we had time and I know you wanted to talk about that. No, I'm that's sorry okay. we didn't just get to. Just read it. If yeah. you just go online and check sure. it and you will find so many similarities that it's very interesting. Yes, and that's why you made it the cover uh, of right. the book so people right. can check that out too. But again, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show, and I really enjoyed your book. I hope Thank people you. listening will also get to enjoy it as well. Again, Dr. Mitra Avari, if you wanted to contact her, 310-388-7229. So a big thanks again to her, uh, everyone listening out there, and Amir here in the studio. You've been listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Delokli. Have a wonderful night.